0: Christmas is coming. Do you remember longing for Christmas as a little child? Pretty exciting, wasn't it? Well, we're all grown up now, and some of us have grown old. But there may just be an even deeper longing for Christmas in our grown-up hearts. I think there may even be an underlying longing for Christmas in our world. We long for different gifts, oh, to be sure, than those we longed for when we were young, but gifts, nevertheless. Something given to us, something that we we need, something that we want, that we must receive. Someone else must give it to us, a gift. So this is Advent, literally a coming to which marks the four weeks before Christmas. And we're going to think together this morning about an unidentified longing for Christmas in our world and an identified longing for Christmas in our hearts as believers on this Advent or coming to Christmas Sunday. The Hallmark Channel has already begun its countdown to Christmas. And we are told that that countdown is the most watched non-sports and non-news show on cable. And that this, in fact, has become a tradition for tens of thousands of Americans. These hundreds of predictable movies <laughs> may cash in on our longing for Christmas. Christmas. Is there something in those stories that, that we wish were in our story, but we know is not? A longing for Christmas. And we also know that anxiety and depression and loneliness can become a lethal combo. And perhaps are related to a longing for Christmas too we are told that the most likely group to die from deaths of despair are those aged 23 to 38. There is no present that we can find under a tree or any gift that this world could ever give to us that would satisfy our deepest longings. The word identifies our longing and names our longing as Jesus, which means Yahweh saves. But if by grace we have found the gift of all gifts that wasn't under a tree, but in fact we realize was hanged on a tree outside a city wall 2,000 years ago, if we know that gift of gifts, do we still long for Christmas? Let's think about that. Please turn in your Bibles to Psalm 119. We'll be looking at verses 81 to 88. Psalm 119, 81 to 88. Cough. My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. My eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? For I've become like a wineskin in the smoke. Yet I've not forgotten your statutes. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? The insolent, have dug pitfalls for me. They don't live according to your law. All your commandments are sure. They persecute me with falsehood. Help me. They have almost made an end of me on earth, but I have not forgotten, forsaken your precepts. In your steadfast love, give me life that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. Cough. Why is that the first word in our scripture reading? Psalm 119 is a fascinating acrostic. In this psalm, it takes the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet and puts them in order. And considers them. I just went from page one to three, that's not going to do. And considers them in order. Derek Kidner calls this psalm an alphabet of prayer and reflection on God's word. And so it is. Kaf is the name of a Hebrew letter, it's the one after Yod and the one before Lamed. And each of the eight verses in this section begins with the same Hebrew letter. How? Now we know why there are 176 verses in this psalm, don't we? 22 letters times 8, 176. We are looking at eight verses, each beginning with the Hebrew letter kaf. And perhaps already wondering what there is for us to learn about Christmas, longing for Christmas from this text. This is not an obvious Advent text, is it? But let's listen more carefully. Listen to the longing that lingers. 81 My soul longs for your salvation. 82 My eyes long for your promise. What fueled and what fuels such longing that lingers? I don't see your salvation. I don't see or feel your comfort. I've been waiting. I've been wanting. I've been asking for a long time. In verse 83, the psalmist says that he has become like a wineskin in the smoke. In the ancient Near East, a wineskin was a lightweight, portable container for water or for wine. Obviously had great advantage over, you might say, ceramic or stone containers to carry those same liquids. It'd be so much easier to get a drink from a wineskin. But a wineskin that is exposed to heat and smoke, it becomes brittle and it's ruined. The psalmist's heart and spirit and soul are blackened, are dry and cracking and ruined like a wineskin exposed to smoke and heat. So what is this smoke of heat for the psalmist? Well, he tells it it's the opposition. It's the difficulties of life that he has to endure. And he lists them for us in verses 84 to 87. Look at those with me, please. There are people persecuting him, verse 84, digging traps for him, camouflaging it, hoping he'll come along and just fall in the pit in this trap. 85, lying about him in 86. And then look at 87, they'd like to kill him. I'm told that in verse 84, this is the very first verse in Psalm 119 in which the Word of God, or one of the nine or ten synonyms for the Word of God is not found. Look with me, please, at verse 81. Word. 82. Promise. 83. Statutes. 85, law, commandments, 86, 87, precepts, and 88, testimonies of your mouth. You see, the word is all these things. And in all of this, it's all His. These are words from God. The mouth that the Lord has spoken at our choir, sang for us, yes. And that's why in every word that is used for a synonym for the word of God, we see it preceded by what word? Your. It's from Him. It's from Him. So it's your word. It's your promise. It's your statutes, your law, your commandments, your precepts, testimonies of your mouth. It has become trite, I'm afraid, but it is profoundly true to say if, if you want to hear God speaking to you, read the Bible out loud. It is profoundly true, this word. We do all talk to ourselves, don't we? But what happens when things are difficult in our life? What what happens then? What are those conversations like that we have with ourselves? We leave the word out of our thinking and our feeling and our conversation. We lose sight so easily of the Word when there are difficulties in our life. For the truth is, and we all know it, my need can blind me to anything and everything else except my need. That's all I can see. Our feelings can outshout; They can drown out the eternal Word of God. We give to our feelings more weight than they deserve. And we consider them more true than God's Word. You know, Spurgeon comments on these eight verses and calls them the midnight of of Psalm 119. This is about halfway through this longest of all the Psalms and it clearly is the low point. Yet even here, no, maybe, maybe especially here, there's a hope in the Word of life. A word that comes from the Lord of life with His steadfast love. Look again at verse 88. In your steadfast love, give me life that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. Christmas is coming and we're thinking about longings because being aware of longing Is very good preparation for us to come and to worship. Blaise Pascal is someone that laid this out for us so well. He said, we desire, we we long for certainty. And when we look in our own lives and when we look at the world around us, we don't see certainty. We We don't see truth. We long for it. I don't see it. And then he goes on to say that we long for happiness. But who of us here this morning would look at and review your own personal world and review our world at large and say you see happiness? Rather, what we see so often is wretchedness and pain, and death. David Foster Wallace writes these words, you, you don't have to think very hard to realize that our dread of both relationships and loneliness has to do with the angst about death. The recognition that I'm, I'm going to die and die very much alone and the rest of the world is going to go merrily on without me. End of quote. Death has the power. It's a terrible enemy. Death has the power to simply cancel out. Cancel us out. Every one of us, cancel us out. Cancel out all the things that we would accomplish, all the things that we would think about and we would value. Just cancel it out. You see, the kicker now, says Pascal, is that it's not possible for us to stop longing for certainty and truth. And it's not possible for us to stop longing and desiring for happiness. Because you see, if we could quiet that, if we could silence that, if we could find a way to put a muzzle on that and permanently distance ourselves from it, it'd be okay. But we cannot. So here are these two things we long for. Here are these two things that we cannot stop longing for. It lingers, it lasts. And the best thing we can do is for a short time distract ourselves from this longing that lasts, that lingers. Is this not the human condition? Our world is trying to make sense of life without God. And when you try to make sense of life without God, all you're going to be left with is longing. And it won't go away. World trying to make sense out of life. Find meaning in life without God. Why, that's like sucking on a piece of a broken cistern. Trying to satisfy your thirst. For you see, Jeremiah nails it for us. When Jeremiah speaks about two damnable things that we do, the first is we forsake the only fountain of living water. We, we forsake the fountain. But then the second thing we do, we start to make our own cisterns and believe that by ourselves, for ourselves, we can provide the water that we need. But our cisterns don't hold water. Of course we have longings that don't go away. Longings that just keep going on. Hope deferred. Longings that aren't satisfied. Make our hearts sick, not jolly. There's something we catch. There's a a spiritual kind of sickness that we develop as people. It infects us. A a, a malaise. Uh, The the French word ennui. Ennui. From a Latin phrase, it means it's hateful to me on we. We catch it, and we can't seem to shake it. But, brothers and sisters, there's a word from God, a word from God. There is a fountain of living water for us to run to with our longing buckets. Let's leave our broken, empty cisterns and come with our empty buckets and drink and drink and drink from this fountain of water, living water. And all this longing, it really does prepare us to say, Oh God, You came. You promised to come. And You came. Hallelujah. You gave us Your Word to help us understand and define our longings and tell us the only way that our longings can be satisfied. But it seems we must wait. And waiting is hard. Not just for little people with Christmas coming, but for us as well. Waiting is hard. The Word tells us the story From the first Adam to the birth of the second Adam, the last Adam. That story is Christmas is coming. Now it's a long story. It's a mysterious story. It's a complicated story. We remember that there were times when people could not understand. They were sure that God was no longer speaking. There was no word from God. He was quiet. He was silent. They couldn't understand what was happening. It didn't make sense to them. A confusing, a mysterious story. A complicated story. But Christmas came. Christmas came. And now, our Christmas is coming. Changes into Christ is coming again. And the wait is now on again. And while we wait, and it seems like a long wait, a hard wait a confusing and complicated story while we wait. But the hope of all our longings being satisfied is coming because Christmas came and the Christ who came is coming again. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us bow down and worship The long-awaited Savior has come and is coming again. Now we need to get in touch with our longing for salvation in order to rekindle our first love and refresh our rejoicing. I'm afraid, unless you are totally different than I am, that you can come year after year to Advent and it's just kind of, you know, another Advent. But when we think in terms of the longing of our hearts, when we remember our hopeless and helpless condition, our longing for rescue, and that we were rescued, will that not refresh our rejoicing? Will that not, will that not fill us? Again, energize this love that we have for the one who loved us and saved us. Hopeless. He is mighty to save. Helpless. He is mighty to save. And he has written the end of the story. And it will be as he wrote it. We don't see it now. We don't, we don't feel it now. But the Lord can not lie. His word is true. May gratitude for grace grow this Advent May our blessed hope grab us, hold us with renewed strength and power during this Advent season. We need to take this only and best news to a world that only has longing. Who is going to tell about the satisfaction of the longing except those who have had that longing satisfied. There is an unidentified longing in our world. They maybe don't know it. They can't can't identify that longing, that need, by its proper name, Jesus. But the longing is there, and we are the ones to tell them. Both the sacred privilege of that and the sacred responsibility of that. And thinking about longings also deepens and brightens our hope that the Christ of Christmas who came is the guarantee, the guarantee that full eternal satisfaction of our longings is on the way. It's coming. Don't we yearn, don't we long for new heavens and new earth? No sin, no pain, no suffering, no death. Just certainty and happiness and unending satisfaction and delight and worship of our great God. Of course we long for that. And remember, with all of our longings and all of our waiting, that Christmas is coming. And it came. And Christ is coming. And He will. Let us wait. Let us wait with excitement and confidence, with hope, obedience, love, longing, all the way home, because it is coming this is the real countdown let's pray Father we're thankful that you 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 made us for yourself and so of course when we don't know you have you we, we have to be just longing thank you that by your grace the day came for many of us to give a name give a name to that longing oh yahweh you save oh jesus you came oh jesus you're coming again and may we wait with eager expectation with a longing that lasts and lingers to see and to know the full and beautiful result of our so great salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.